up, good people? I am excited about this episode of Hope Rising. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to be excited, though, when you're starting a journey, when you're starting a thing, right? Um, As we have the podcast coming into fruition, the hope was, the plan was, the dream was that we could bring individuals onto this podcast that would inspire you, that would motivate you, that would get you to think about your life differently so that you have what it takes to move into the next part of your vision the right way. And the guest that I have today is going to do just that. I promise you that we were talking off camera and I the words that he was already speaking are just like, absolutely, yes, you need this. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read this bio to you. And I think that it, it, it begins to tell you a little bit of his journey, but his words themselves tell you the real story that you need. Chef Marcus Tate is a native of Massillon, Ohio, and a graduate of Massillon Washington High School. After graduation, he enrolled at the Pennsylvania Culinary Institute. Upon his completion, he began working as a line cook, eventually working his way up to the position of assistant executive chef. He honed his skills cooking at home for his family and friends. Feeling the urge to follow his creative impulse and passion for food, he began working as a caterer and offering private chef services. In 2016, he he landed for his first full-time private chef position. Chef Tate has worked with several NFL and NBA superstars, including Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, and RJ Barrett. Chef Tate's goal is to provide his clients with tailored meal services that focus on allowing food to be the fuel that helps them operate at the top of their game and in life. So Chef Marcus Tate, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here. Absolutely. So when I when I say that you have had this journey that has led you to working with NFL players and NBA players, some people feel like that is the culmination of everything, right? That when you get a chance to to work with superstars, that that's the dream. But what you were sharing is that the dream itself is the journey for you. Let's start there. Can you tell us a little bit about what really got you into cooking and why does this why does that even matter so much to you? Um cooking to me was it's it's just funny. I guess I can I can start by saying it wasn't always the dream, wasn't always the goal. I've mm. met people who, you know, I was cooking with my grandmother when I was six and making biscuits and for me, it was no. I was playing baseball. I was, you know, outside being a kid. I I had no interest in cooking. I had no interest in food, and that interest for me didn't come probably until I was eighteen or nineteen years old. Mm. And it was a matter of I was in high school and I was really big into acting, into theater. I had scholarships to do theater. That's what I was planning to do in college, and just some things fell through. Um, Really, I was planning to move to New York, and I just thought myself, like, I don't know if I can do New York. Like, it's so big. I'm I'm from Maslin. So I said, let me just, let me figure out if this is really what I want to do. And just this idea of cooking just really, it just, it was birth, and it didn't leave me. And I'm like, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what is this about? Mm. And I... 
I guess I took a, I became interested and I took that on myself. So I would get cookbooks and I was watching cooking shows mm-hmm. and I was going to Amish country and I was going to farmer's market just to let me just learn about food. Mm. And, and I had, I, re- I really didn't have the idea. I want to be a chef. I just became more interested in what I was eating, more interested in the food. Um, so that interest just grew. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to culinary school because I want to see like where this can go. Applied to culinary school, went, went through the program. And for me, it was, uh, one of the best things to happen in my life, I think, because I was exposed. And I think in life, a lot of people take on the route. You don't need formal education. And I know some amazing chefs who have not been to culinary school who are doing amazing things. Um, but for me, I wanted to know the why of cooking. Mm. I wanted to know the technicalities of cooking. Um, I, I wanted to become more familiar with different fruits, different vegetables, different fresh herbs, because, you know, coming from a small town, a large family, um, humble beginnings, you don't have access to a lot of these things. You don't have access to farmer's markets. You don't have access to having a vast variety of fruits and vegetables in your local grocery store. If you mm-hmm. have one in the mm-hmm. community. Absolutely. So culinary school really made that it, it just made it available. So I was tasting things like, wow, I've never had this before. <laughs> and now that's helping my palate and I'm eating things. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know this went with that. And I understand cooking, but I un- I'm now understanding the science behind it. Mm. So it kind of helps. I say I can make a sauce. I know how to make a barbecue sauce. But I'm understanding the science behind the barbecue sauce that makes it a barbecue sauce as opposed to just cooking and I'm adding stuff and I'm, let me taste it to see, like I know the science behind it and I know that the sugar in it is not going to take effect till you has to cook out to a certain temperature and you're just going to get sweeter 12 hours later as we're cooled and mixes in with all. So all of that thing, all of those things in culinary school is really what got me now it gets the motors going. It's like the of what is possible. And in that time, it wasn't a lot of, you have this term celebrity chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, that really wasn't a big thing. You didn't, it was no social media. So you didn't have Instagram chefs and all the people on TikTok doing recipes. It was, you get out in the field and you get a job and mm. you get a restaurant, you get in a hotel and you work. And, it was crazy because I met one of my chef instructors. He had worked as a private chef. And I was like, wow, like this was something I wanted to talk to him about after class. Like, tell me about that. Because I was always, I guess I've always been someone to kind of want to go against the grain and follow kind of like, I need to, I need to do it the way that I want to do it. I don't like to go the way that everybody else is doing. And I have friends like, you know, hey, you know, we graduate. I had a friend. She graduated top of our class. She got into the Ritz Carlton. Mm. She on the line. She was doing great. But she said, I cut potatoes and peel carrots for eight hours a day. And I'm like, 
wow. Like, <laughs> like this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm at the right. Ritz Carlton. Right. And I'm peeling potatoes and I'm, 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 I'm peeling carrots for eight hours a day. So it was for me, like, I didn't want to get into a place to where all of this energy and all of this excitement from culinary school kind of got shut down in the real world. Right. It's like you have this, this bright idea to take on the world, to be this amazing chef. And they're like, here, you do this. For me, that the idea of being restricted drove me crazy. Mm. So I started out as a, you know, as a line cook and it was, this is what we make. This is the recipe we follow. This is how we do it. Don't deviate from it. And I'm fresh out of school. I've got these ideas. <laughs> I'm thinking about let's sous vide this meat. Let's let's reverse sear it. And the guy's like, no, this is how we do it. This is how it's done. This is what it's going to be. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like. And I'm thinking, can I do this for ten years? Can I do this for eight, ten hours a day, fifty hours a week? And I did it. I was doing 60, 70 hours a week, cookie cutter, follow this. This is what you do. And I'm like, I have no, I had no way of expressing the creativity that I had, that I had learned and that was birthed in me from culinary school. So it was like, what do I do? And uh, cooking is an art form. Cooking is an art. Um, it's a way of an expression. It's kind of like, Music, acting, cooking, and a lot of those things, you don't want to be confined to a, this is how it's done. This is the way you do it. It's a form of expression. So when you have, you know, all of these ingredients at your disposal, you want to create and you don't want someone to tell you what you can't do. So for me, that drove me to really honestly dig deeper into what food was and how I wanted to express myself through cooking. There is so much that you just gave there. And it's like, I've got at least three or four paths I could take us down right now. Right. Because, because you, I can tell you're a deep person, right? Like when you listen to a person speak, you learn a lot about um, how they see life, how they experience life. Like they give it to you if you really listen. And so part of what you said, you grazed by it. You said, I came from humble beginnings and I was okay with exposure. And what that tells me is that you grew up around people who held you accountable, forced you to take a look at yourself, whether it was the coaches you had, the parents you had, uh, the, 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 the older siblings around you. And so accountability was so important to you that you said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, I'm going to go from, this is the best part of what you said, actually. You said there was no social media. So I became something I'd never seen. I'd never heard of. I'd never experienced except for one guy in a classroom. And so I guess I, I where I want to start right now and where I want you to take us, there's somebody listening and they are the first in their family to do something. They're trying to accomplish something they've never seen before. Yeah, they've seen it on social media. They have that advantage over you, but they still, it's not real to them. How does a person begin to pursue a dream that is real and not time? I think 
for me, it was the source, if we say the dream or the vision. And shortly after this, I said aloud, I said, I'm going to be a private chef for, for professional athletes. I said this aloud and God showed me a vision mm. that it was going to happen. Mm. So for me, and this this may sound this may sound crazy. I believed it when I said it. When God told me that confirmed what I had already said. Mm. It wasn't so much, okay, God said it. Now I'm a hundred percent with that. Right. When I said it myself, I was one hundred percent. Right. And God showed me, and it's like, wow, it's possible the crazy thing that I just said. Mm. But I believed it. So I think to to step out onto something that when there's nothing there requires faith, requires belief in yourself. Um, a lot of people, we grow up, we talk faith, we we experience faith, we we go to church and we hear faith, but we don't hear the other side, the work, the the belief in yourself. I believe in God, and I believe you know, in God's supernatural power and ability to do anything in my life. But I also believe in the ability that God gave me to produce anything that I want out of my life. And for someone who has a vision, who has a goal, who has a dream, for me, the start is believing in yourself because my mom always, I say, life is going to happen. And when I was younger, I never understood that. What do you mean life is going? Of course, life happens. We wake up every day and you live. Life happens. But to have a dream, to have a goal that you've never seen, that you you know what it is and you have people. You have people tell you, no, you should do it this way. You have to go back to that internal belief that I know what I saw. I know what he said and I know what I can do. Because people are going to say things, money is going to be non-existent, <laughs> right. your faith is going to be non-existent at times, there's, there's always going to be things that happen that will make you, or that, that will suggest that you take a more conventional route, an easier route, or something that you're not, that is not your heart's desire. But to have that internal faith, that internal confidence to say... I have a goal and I know I need to get there. That's the first part is like that internal believing in what you saw, what you know, because like I said, life is going to happen and you have to be, it's, it's, it's like vision. You have to see the vision and say, all right, I have a goal and I'm walking toward that goal. Now things may happen in, in my journey. I've worked different jobs. I work for insurance company. I taught pre-kindergarten, like I've done some of everything, <laughs> uh-huh. but there was always, it was still always there. I said, I'm not going to, I'm here for, for a little bit. How, but I how, how did know. you, how did you stay so focused? How did you, how did you keep convincing yourself that you weren't going to get stuck? I, partially I was crazy. <laughs> um, I, Will Smith said something. He said, there's a delusional quality that every successful person needs to have. 
You have to believe that something that hasn't happened for anybody over the years of existence can happen for you. And I said, you have to be delusional to think that what I, the dream that I, that I, that I saw, the dream that I dreamt is going to happen because people are going to say, man, that's far. How are you going to work for athletes, Marcus? Who do you know? Do you have any connections? No, not at all. Not one. And, but I know what I saw. It's, I know what he told me. So for me, like I said, to have that constant belief when life happens, when I, you, you may get a little off course, but you have to, you have to have that internal drive to say, Hey, like I understand this, this is not me, me stopping and me just giving up. This is just part of the journey. I have to stop here for a minute. There's something in, in here that I need to learn that I know is going to be useful down the road. Have so, you ever thought about giving up? Has that ever? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so many times. I, I, there's been few times. Last year, I said, mm. I'm done. Wow. And this is after, this is after three contracts with professional athletes. Like, yeah, it, that taught me that it is, there's more for me to do because I thought that, man, I reached this point. I've been on contract with professional athletes. I said that I was going to do it and I, and, and it happened and I had the experiences. So maybe this is it. And I'm telling you, it's like I get the vision all over again. And God's like, I, I sh I've showed you, I've, I've shown you there's more. So it's like now the, the vision is, it's kind of like if God would have shown me the entire book, would I've believed that it was possible? But it's like he, he, he let me see a few chapters and I feel like I've gotten through those few chapters. And now it's like, Marcus, you did that. So how could you think that anything else is not possible? So that's kind of the place where I am now because I've seen it. I've done it. Um, God allowed me to do it. So why wouldn't I believe for more? Mm. Like. And what's the reason? Because there, because because you just admitted something, right? That almost nobody does, which is after the success starts, we still think about giving up. We still think about giving in. And the average business person that I've worked with in my life as a coach has had all yeah. those thoughts and never talked about it publicly. What oh. is it that makes us doubt? Everything that God said, everything that we've seen in our vision, everything that we've believed, everything we've written in our business plan, what is it that slows us down and gets us off track and distracted? Real life. That's, that's almost what it is. I was working by contract. So it, 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 it kind of worked like, okay, NBA season is what September through... April, May, June, if there's a playoffs and finals. So for me, it was like, man, what's going to happen in that summer? And I remember my, after my first client, I got to the summer and I was worried. And I said, 
wow, I'm worried. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in the fall? I don't know. And God is like, remember what I showed you? Like, just this literally, it's the same. It's the phrase. It's not, he didn't give me, hey, this, it wasn't verses. It wasn't, you know, I didn't, you know, lay out and get this amazing revelation. Remember what I showed you. That's all he's ever said when I got, when I doubted what was happening. So real life happens. And because we, my job is not just based on me. My, my talent is what I guess what feeds me, but it's relying on someone else hiring me. So if that person decides not to hire me, now I'm like, so is it me? You kind of question yourself and not realizing that the world is a business. This is a business. Things happen. My, my first year, well, my only year with Kyrie was his last year in Cleveland, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that. Nobody so did. <laughs> we had a run. No, none of us did, right? <laughs> Being from Ohio, none of us. I had a, I had a little insight in the summer, but uh, yeah, like we were, we went through the season. Everything was great. We had built a rapport. To this day, um, I text Kyrie like, "Bro, thinking about you, praying for you, love you." He's an amazing guy. We had built this rapport, and I'm thinking, "All right, man, off season, we're good." Like. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm that, that inspired me to, I need to dig deeper into, um, this bag of being a chef because I said I'm here. So now it's just not a matter of my talent. Like my talent got me in the door. Now I need to know I got, I had to get back to my roots of cooking. Um, now it's some science behind it because this is an, this is an athlete. I know some things, but now I need to really, I need to get back to study. I need to study nutrition. I need to learn all of these, re, re-educate myself. So that's what I'm doing in the summer. And I'm like, all right, ready. I'm gearing up for next season. And I got a text. He was in China on a, on a Nike tour. And he texted me. He said, Marcus, if I go to Boston, are you coming with me? And I said, Boston? <laughs> what do you mean, Boston? But I said, Absolutely. The next day, ESPN, Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland. And I'm like, whoa, Let, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm not saying anything. There's no breaking news here. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking, you know, I've made uh, an impact enough and I've done my job well enough that he wants to, now even if he's leaving Ohio, he wants to take me with him. So now I'm like, wow, God, you showed up. Like, this is my first client. And now I'm going to Boston, so I'm ready. I'm writing up contracts. I know numbers. I'm looking at places because one thing, I'm going to always be prepared. I don't want to get a call that says, hey, you're ready, and I'm not ready. I know that's Um, right. (laughs) So I'm ready. And a few weeks go by, another few weeks go by. We're We're trying to figure these things out. And really, the deal just fell through. And I think a lot to do with your transitioning from Cleveland to Boston. So that fell through. And for me, I didn't look at it like, God, thank you for this opportunity. I looked at it like, 
why would you let me get here mm. and then drop? Mm-hmm. So my perspective was off. That's it. And I didn't get that. I didn't learn that my perspective was off for probably another year after that happened. Because you look at it and naturally it's like, man, this is what I want. This is what I've been working for. Um, but that wasn't, that was not in my plans. And looking back, you know, in retrospect, it's just like, I, I look at it like everywhere that I am is exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's it. And it was an amazing, um, opportunity after that, just to say I worked for Kyrie was enough. So even in the heartbreak of not continuing that professional relationship, of not going to Boston, um, it it was sad, but it lit a fire in me. I said, I need it. Like, I, I was exposed. Exposure births even more vision that births life. Come on. So I was, I was, in, I was in and around people and in circles that I had never been around. Mm. But I wasn't uncomfortable. Right. It was like, this is this is doable. I see I see how you guys move. And it just allowed me to see how how to operate at that level. And it wasn't anything that I didn't have to be anything other than who I am when I was there. I went there, I did my job. It was funny because this was I had been working. We had probably got to January or February. And one day um, I was doing dinner and I was about to leave. He said, Marcus, he said, why do you just leave right away? I said, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I'm doing my job. Like, and get your food. I'm out. Right. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, why don't you hang out? I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, what? So this went on another month. And he called me after a game one night. He said, hey, can you come over and cook? Got a few people in. So I go over to the house. It's like midnight. And I'm doing the late night dinner. And mm-hmm. he's like, Marcus, hang out for a little bit. So I'm like, I'll give you an hour. But I have to be at church in the morning. And none of you all do. Like, right. still in that. But I was so like. I'm in and I'm out. Like this is we're not buddy buddy. Like I'm here to do a job and I need you need to know that that I'm operating at a level of professionalism because these people at this level everyone is oh, Kyrie, like the man, you can't go to the movies, you can't go to the mall, you just can't go. So you live at home, so you don't want to fan as your chef too. Right. You know it's like can I just be so I was really focused on, you know, how do I operate in this arena? And just so I know, like, that I belong, that I'm not like, I'm not missing anything. I'm not lacking anything. Nothing is off. And this is where I belong. And I fit and I'm able to do this job at the level that I know. And that season really showed me that, man, I I have it. Right. I had it. So even after, you know, the contract, you know, wasn't, you know, reno- renegotiated and I didn't move forward with him, I said, I know, I-, I got it. So it's just a matter of time. 
You know what's interesting is is I heard so much though in what you just said because it's more than that you have it it's that you are it. Yeah. There's something about your demeanor, there's something about your approach. The man is coming up to you saying, "Why won't you hang out with me?" <laughs> yeah. Because there's something about you he feels drawn to. Right? And and you didn't you didn't waver from who you were, from your faith, from yeah. your from your from your grind. There was nothing you wavered from. So it's not just that you have it, it's that you are it. And how many people have you met in life who, if they only understood who they really were, they would keep pursuing the dream. If they only understood who they really were, they would overcome the adversity. But because they're always basing things on what they do, not understanding who they are and who has called them, they get stifled. There's so much that you just said there, you started walking into the fullness of your purpose in life. That's, that's unbelievable. Absolutely. And like you said, a lot of people, um, you, especially in this day and age, we, you know, we live in a social media era where we know people post their wins and their wins only. And a lot of people, you can convince the world that you are amazing that you're great you're this you're that and in reality when it's time to like okay real life you know some people just don't have it right and in certain spaces i think you can get away with pretending to have it sure if you're not like if it's not demanded that you actually show up absolutely absolutely um and in my job it's I can post, I call it, say, sexy pictures of food. I can post food that you say, man, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. But what if I made it for you and it tastes terrible? Man. It's like, <laughs> wow, you're able to produce a nice looking plate, but the food is not good. Right. Even more than that, I want to be able to produce a nice looking plate. The food is good. And I can tell you why I made this for you. I can tell you the benefits of why I made this for you and how it's going to help you. So it wasn't just a, uh, uh, an idea of I want to make cute food and I want to be known. Um, like that's that doesn't do it for me. I don't need the followers. Someone said it's funny. It's a couple of years. Somebody said you only have like two thousand followers. I said. I'm on contract. I don't need more followers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the, I have a few people who needed to know who I am. Mm. They know who I am. And, 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 and so many people, like I said, nowadays we're, we're, we're chasing the highlights and we're chasing the image of success and how we want to present ourselves to people. And it's like, at the end of the day, the work has to like speak for itself. Like, the real work has to speak for itself because you may get a call and it's like, I need you to really perform. And if you're not able to do it, it's kind of like, wait, but you post this and this looks amazing and you speak this way, but you're not able to produce because like you said, some people, they speak it, but they're not walking in it. It's not who they are. Right. So you may get in a place to where it's like, uh, I, you may be able to cook and your 
we could we your spirit people call it energy now your energy your spirit may be off you may be a trash person right and they may not want you it's like he can cook but i don't like him around me i don't feel comfortable um you may be able to cook but it's something about you i don't really trust you can i trust you with the code to my two million dollar home when i'm not there that's it character are you an integral person Mm -hmm. like can i can i trust you as a person and for me like i said i was exposed to seeing how everything else worked in that arena when you're dealing with high profile clients and for me it was like i knew i can cook i can make a dish in 20 minutes i don't have to think about it i know it's going to be good and it's not arrogance it's just I've done it. I know it's going to be good. But for me, knowing that I'm working in this arena, I need to be not I need to be something that I'm not, but I need to just walk in the fullness of who I am. I'm a per, I'm a man of integrity. I believe that my character speaks for itself before I even you even understand my gifts and my talents. I try to be a level-headed person. I don't get too high, don't get too low. And in some circles, that's necessary. I feel like even if my cooking ability was turned down a few notches, all the other areas are what's needed in, in, in this, this arena if you want it. Because, like I said, there's talented people, but if you don't trust them, how can I have you working for me if I don't trust you? You make amazing food, but... Are you going to rob me? Are you going to be recording me, putting me on Instagram? Like, mm-hmm. you know? Are you going to so, be caring so much about your followers that you've got yeah. photos you don't have no business having on social media? On social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, is it just, are you are you in it for the, the appeal of it? Um, so for me, when I hear clients say, man, you're a good person to have around. Like, your energy is great. I appreciate you just being here. Um, That lets me know, like, all of the things that I did before cooking matter. Mm -hmm. Like, the circles that I was in, the way that I was raised, the accountability that, you know, I've had for myself. um, It all was for a purpose, and you may not even understand. And a lot of times, you don't, no one says, you know... I'm a man of integrity. I'm this and I'm that. It's just the way that you live. Actually, when and they do say it, you should be scared. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm the most humble person. I'm so humble. Like, yeah. You're like, you, you don't say that. You allow people to speak that, you know, about you. That's it. But all, all of these things that I learned as Marcus allowed me to succeed as Chef Tate. Mm. And yeah, a lot of people, I think we... We focus on our gift and not our self. And the two have to merge. Say that like one you more can time. Have, Say that one more time. We focus on our gift more than our self. And the two have to merge at some point. Or you're going to be presenting yourself as your gift. And it's like, who are you? Are you your gift or are you yourself? But they 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 have to they have to merge they have to marry and when they do, if you have an amazing gift, and you're a person of integrity, 
um, you're trustworthy, people like you around, like, that's perfect. You can go. But now if it's just, he can cook, but he's sketchy. Don't like him, can't trust him. You've probably been more focused on your gift and not mm. yourself. Mm. And there's and there's a lot of people who are like that in a lot of different fields, right? That what 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 we get shown on TV, in the press, wherever, is that all you have to do is be great at something. But the story we miss is that people end up falling off of the pedestal because they haven't developed greatness in their integrity and their personality. So you you hone the skills, you hone the craft, you get the chance, you blow the chance because your character is not ready for it. Um, and one of the things, one of the ways I knew this was going to be a great interview, this is the truth, is I'm on your IG, right? And I'm scrolling through your IG and my wife is walking past me. She goes, what is that? And it's a picture of a pan of burned up chicken wings, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and she was like, "What? what is that? And I said... This chef is so talented, right? He is so comfortable in his skin and confident in his ability. He was willing to show a pan of burned chicken to say, everybody makes mistakes. It's going to be all right. I said, now that's how I know how good he is because everybody else would feel like they have to hide it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you don't make, make any mistakes. Yeah, I've, I've made some bad things. I mean, I've been at work and have to produce dinner. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? And I'm like, Marcus, get it together. <laughs> and other times it's like second nature. I don't think. And I'm like, look what I produced. Um, so, like I said, uh, we we want to we want to show all of our wins. And I think it gives people a false narrative that. Um, even when you reach a certain level that it's just autopilot and you're cruising and all is well. And it's, yeah, we, 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 we posted things on social media. I, um, it may be a little of my flesh and I've posted them. I posted myself on a private jet. I've posted <laughs> myself in the, in the suites at Madison square garden. I've, I've done the thing. That's all right. Yeah. It's, because it's like I worked hard. Like this, it feels good to sit in a place where we're like, man, God really showed up for me. Like I'm ex look what I'm exposed to. Come on. If I can, if I when 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 I a lot of it was not so much. I'm flying on a private jet, so I'm better mm -hmm. than anyone. It was the exposure of, wow, like, this is possible. That doesn't have to be my everyday norm. It was, for me, it was the idea of some people go to the airport and they don't go through security. Mm. They drive up to the airplane Come on. and they get on. And the airplane is going to wait for them. <laughs> it's not going to leave you. It's Come going on. to wait for you. And I said, wow, this is how people live. People live um, and people pay for comfortability. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, even just in, 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 in that, um, that example, you've gone to the airport. You know how annoying it is. 
I got to get there early. Now you're in this line and this, but it's, I was exposed to the other side of it. Wow. So what that does, it's like, man, I'm grateful, but it, what it, when I'm on the other side, when I'm flying with everyone else, I think about there was a day when I was, <laughs> when I was on a private jet and it was amazing, but I'm thankful that I'm able to fly spirit Southwest Delta, whatever it is like, but God put me in a place to where I was exposed to the possible, even if it doesn't happen for me, even if I don't get on another jet, if I don't own a jet, he showed me that it was possible. He showed me how some people live. And he showed me the, the, the bigness of when you do things at the highest level, what is available to you? And that's, that's what it was with a lot that I saw. A lot of the conversations that I heard about money, about business deals, just about small things. And I'm just like, wow, that's amazing that people live this way and how people cater to those who have reached a certain level, um, how wealthy people pay for convenience as, a, as opposed to experiences. It's not so much of... Um, I remember I saw someone, they say, you know, this person, Michael Jackson bought, he like cleared a mall and grocery store because he wanted to go shopping. Right. And it was like, man, that was kind of grand. But it was the convenience of Michael Jackson in a grocery store with no one. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Right. And that's what he wanted to do. Peace. He wanted peace. <laughs> the he man just wanted peace. peace. He wanted some peace. He wanted to go to the grocery store like everyone does, but he just never gets a chance to do that. So his talent allowed him to pay for the means to be comfortable. And that's really what that was about. And a lot of the things, a lot of the things that I saw, a lot of the arenas that I've been in, the circles that I've been in, the conversations that I had. Honestly, it only um, birthed an idea that it's possible. And like I said, if that never happens for me, um, but it got me to a level that I'm on now from where I was before. That's it. That's so it. So even if, 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 if I don't, if I'm not able to charter a yacht, if I'm not able to do all these amazing things and be in these circles... I knew that the level that I am now in my life is possible from what I saw. So that helped me get here. And now, I mean, I've seen way up here. So all I have to do is just climb and get at my level. That's it. Whatever my level is, I'm okay with that. Mm. And exposure, what it does, it, it feeds your faith. Um, if you've ever had a bad car, I've I've had a bad oh, car. I've, I've had a I've had um, a couple. They call them hoopties. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple windows. Come on, man! You know, One time I rolled a window the, down and the window broke. That's a whole story. I'm not telling it on on the yeah, air. Yeah, you know, Lord um, have mercy. AC is AC does not work. Come on, in the summer, 
I've had on. bad cars. You ever had the Martin Luther King fan in the car? Just, you just have, fan you have yourself. Have a fan, just a towel. I'm riding half naked because I'm just hot. But <laughs> what it does, you've ever had a bad car and you go to an auto show and it's like, you see these cars, you're like, that's possible. I can have a car that turns itself on that has this amazing leather. It's about exposure because if you never saw a new car, you would probably never know that you're able to buy a new car. Like if, if everyone in your city, everyone in your state, everywhere that you've ever been had old beaters, you would never know that a new car was possible. That's it. Until you saw a new car, you said, what's that? Somebody said, this is the new 2024 and this is possible. And you, you see, you see it and you say, that's possible. So I don't have to settle for this. Even if I don't get that, if I can get something better than what I have, what that does, that bursts a drive for more. That's good. And that's all the arenas that I've been in. It's, it's, it's birthed a drive for more. And I tell people, I, I never, I never intend on having a private jet. Don't need one. Don't want one. The field is probably crazy high, but it's really just a, it's fuel to say, I know I can have better though than mm-hmm. where I am. There's, there's I, something in what you're saying that I think I want people to catch it because if they don't hear anything else in what you said, and I, I'm pretty sure people have heard a whole lot, you are talking about multiple things. And one of those things is true humility, not false humility, right? Because false humility is when like you pretend you're not good at what you are good at and you pretend that you haven't worked hard for the things that God has done in your life, right? And there's like a false humility that's just not healthy in my opinion because it breeds low self-esteem and low self-worth and low value and all these other things that are not of God, right? But what you're saying is, I've worked hard for it. I have allowed myself to embrace both where I am and where I could be. So where I am builds me today and where I'm could be gives me hope for tomorrow. And even when you're posting that photo of you in the private jet, you're not just doing something for you, right? In that moment, you're doing something for somebody from your community, somebody from Canton, Ohio, Massillon, right? Somebody who knows you, believes in you, loves you, but never knew it was possible to get in a private jet when you're from Massillon. Like you're, you're giving somebody else hope. And I think that then when you say what you just said, it's another level. You said, I don't need to have what they have. But to know that it's possible to have more than I've had before is the promise that God is trying to give me. Like, hey, man, you can do more than this. You can have more than this. Maybe it won't be that car. Maybe it won't be that jet. Maybe it won't be that house. But you're not stuck in your current circumstances and situation. That, to me, is is not only hope. It's not only It's not only faith. But it is, it is an overall belief that you are here on the earth for such a time as this and that you're going to make the most of it. That is, that's walking in purpose. And I think that anybody who has listened today has learned a lot about how do you walk humbly in purpose but not get caught up. How do you walk humbly in purpose but say, no, but I'm going to own who I am because I am good. 
<laughs> I am doing good things. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I, want, I have like two more questions for you, if that's okay. So the first one is, there's somebody who's listening today. They've worked hard their self. Um, they've accomplished some things. They've rode in some private jets. They've made some money. They've met some people. And yet they are feeling somewhat empty. Like they're like, man, when you talk, you talk like you, you got something going in your life that's positive. I don't ever feel positive. I just feel angry and anxious and frustrated. What do you say to that person? To that, um, it, it, it talks about, you know, gaining the whole world and losing your soul. Um, it's about what, what grounds me, my faith in God is what gets me through the mountains and the valleys of life and specifically of the career field that I'm in. Um, because it's, I work based on, um, I work based on contracts and that, that requires some faith. And I have belief in myself, but more so on myself, I have a belief that God has and he will provide everything that I need. And I never let go of the promise. I never let go of the vision. And my faith is rooted so deep that life can happen to me and life has happened. I have been in low places. I have experienced anxiety, depression, loss, um, wondering like what's next. That's happened several times to me. Um, wanting to give up. Um, but what keeps me going is my faith and my trust in God. Um, even at the at the highest points in my life and my career, it was always moments in that to stop and be thankful. Um, even at the lowest points in my career, it was there was always moments to stop and be thankful because of the journey. So I can say, man, this sucks that. I have to pay this much money in rent. I'm living in Connecticut. My rent is a grown man. <laughs> and bills are, are for real. And, and I'm trying to help my family. And I'm trying to save. And I'm trying to do things. And I'm like, God, like, is this the long game for me? And it's just like, Marcus, like, look where you are. You're able to. Remember the time when you was you were not able to. Mm. And anything that I can get worried or frustrated about, God has brought me through a scenario similar to that. So when I say, man, God, I don't know what's happening this offseason. I just lost a client. Um, what am I going to do next? It's not a matter of I don't know how this process works because it happened in 2016. And what did God do for me then? Right. So it's not like he has not proven himself. And 
it's not on him. It's on me to realize maybe this is a, a time to even go from faith to faith. I never knew what that meant in church. You hear right. it growing up, <laughs> go from faith to faith to glory. And I, I realized it was, man, the faith that I needed to get me here is not the faith that I need to get me here. Sure is. Like, you're going to need to go from faith to faith. That's it. And to faith and mm-hmm. to faith. Come on. Because where God had me at, the level of faith that I, that I operated in was good for that season, was good for that time. But it's like, God, God is like, I want to show you more. Do you believe though? And it's crazy that in the Bible, there are times when God asks people like, do you believe? And it's like, like you're Jesus. (laughs) But like, it's kind of seems like he's, are you crazy to ask me? Like, yeah, I guess I believe. But it's really like, if you don't believe, like, is it even possible? Like, God, he can do it. Jesus was able to heal people, but it's like, your faith did. It's funny, the, 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 the story of the paralytic man, when Jesus was there and he was at someone's house teaching, and his friends, they broke into the house Took to the get roof their off. friends to Jesus. And it said, seeing their faith. Come on. Jesus healed the man. And I, I, I saw that and I, I heard it so many times and I was like, what? Like seeing their actions, seeing their tenacity to get to the place where they felt like, all right, I've done it all. Now it's on you. It's on you, Jesus. And I think oftentimes... We just show up and we just say, Jesus here, do something amazing. Wow me. And it's like, where's your tenacity to get his attention to say, all right, God, I've done the work. Come on. I need you to do your part. And so many times we get to a place to where we don't do the work and we sit back and we let life happen. And we sit back and we cry and we're sad, but we still want Jesus to work this amazing miracle in our life. And like, man, do you do you want it? Like, how bad do you want it? Because they didn't have they didn't do some crazy ritualistic thing. It was just like it said, seeing their faith, he was like, wow. And that lets me know that he responds to our faith. And he also responds to our actions. That's it. So it's not so much for me to believe. It's a part of me doing. And there's another story. What it was it was it the uh the the the, the lepers? Mm-hmm. It's like as they walked away, they began the healing to healing came the, as they walked. As they so it's like you had to do something for it to happen. If I just stand there, it's like Jesus touched me. And I'm just standing there and I'm supposed to be like, all right, I'm not seeing anything. What's happening? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just like, start walking. Mm. Something as simple as walking, as you following an instruction, and it's like, all right, you've done the action. You followed the instruction. Now I'm going to bless you. And for me, 
it's always been in the low times. It's always been an instruction. It's always been the, remember what I showed you. And there's always going to be instruction on what to do next. So it's like, God, what am I, what do I do next? And it's not always sitting back, feeling entitled and waiting. You got to do something. And some people get so down when, like I said, I use the phrase when life happens, when it doesn't go the way that you think it should go. Um, it's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of your testimony. It's all part of, of growing you and making you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. It's all a part of it. So embrace, embrace the horrible, terrible, confusing, I don't understand times because it, it builds character and it provides a place for you to grow in faith in God and for you to grow in your relationship with him. Mm, that is so beautiful. There is so much to be said for that. I think about even the women with the issue of blood. Uh, after he, you know, he said, "Who touched me?" and all that, he said, "Your faith has yeah. made you well." Right, and it, and it happens over and over in Scripture. And so, one thing that we heard when we've heard you, and and this has been such a great interview, and I really believe you are the exemplary example of faith rising and hope rising. We have heard you say that you must you must partner with God. That it's not just about believing blindly that God will do something, but God put a vision inside of you. So you spoke the vision into existence, believing that God was showing it to you, that God was giving it to you, that God was behind it, that God sparked it. And by the time he gave you even like a physical vision, you were like, well, God, you already put this, you already put it inside of me. I knew it was there. So thanks for the confirmation. And so... As we go today, as we leave, I'm doing this, this question with every guest. So, a hundred years from now, someone walks into a museum, and in the museum, they get to this section of the museum marked hope. They go to a section of time capsules, and inside one of the time capsules, there is an, a time capsule for Chef Marcus Tate, and it has cooking ware, and it has utensils, and it has all these things, and they, they pull up a clip, and the clip has just a one-minute segment of this interview. And they're watching this, and you're telling this person who, who is looking for hope the greatest lesson that you've learned about hope in your journey. What do you have to say to that person? Um, man, I, it's, I guess it's not irony. Like it's hope rising, like hope is there. Um, but it's the idea of it rising up. And a lot of times, um, in, in this journey in life, um, they're going to be setbacks. There's going to be, days when you want to give up. There's going to be days when you, you may doubt, you know, what you have in you. You may doubt um, your ability, your faith may be low, but that hope that's in you, it's going to, it's going to rise up and that's going to allow you um, the energy, the faith, uh, the will to, if it's another day, to make it another day, to, you know, seek after that next job, 
to want more for your life. Um, when that hope rises up, it fuels you to want more, to want better. So I would just say that recognize, recognize hope rising. And when it rises up, that should be like a spark plug to you to do. Um, it's not there for to just sit dormant. Like the hope is rising. So you have to respond to the rise and you have to do. And knowing where you are and never, you know, never losing sight of the journey and never losing sight of the vision that you have for your life and the vision that God gave you um, to chase after that and allow that hope to always be there and respond to it when you feel it and go in faith and go in God and never lose sight of, again, what he showed you, what, what he told you and what you know, because there's going to be times when that's all you have to go out of. What he showed you, what his word says, or what he told you himself and what you know for yourself. But when that hope rises up, you have to respond. And that's going to allow you to just make it another day, make it another week, make it another season. And that'll get you to the next. That'll get you from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And at the after that, you'll look back and you'll see those moments where, you know, your hope rose to the occasion and you rose with it. Come on. And you made something amazing happen in your life. So respond to that. And watch how God carries you through. And eventually you'll look back and you'll have these moments of an amazing testimony. Mm, that is so beautiful. Somebody has been listening to this interview and their hope has risen from your testimony, from your journey, um, and from, from your experience. Where can they go to find you? Where can they, where can they book you? What, what do they do when they want to link up with you from here? Uh, I'm on Instagram um, at callmechefTate. Um, if you know me, my name is Marcus Tate. I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, just connect with me there. Um, I show parts of my life. I show parts of my journey, um, which it's not over. I'm I'm here in uh, Maryland now. Um, some new experiences that you know I didn't know was coming, and some new opportunities are rising, and I'm responding to them. And it's it's constantly God showing me like there's more, and the vision that I showed you is not dead, and it's it's available. Whatever you thought, whatever you dreamed is available. And I'm walking into the fullness of that. And I'm, I'm enjoying every moment. Mm, and I feel like we are going to really enjoy watching you walk into everything that you've been called to, um, because I'm quite sure that this is not the last of your great stories, um, not just because you're a talented chef, but because of the fact that you are you are the embodiment of 
a man of faith. Keep going and keep inspiring people. And for everybody who's been listening in today, I, I truly hope that this was 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 what you came for today when you tuned into Hope Rising, that you heard some stories, that you heard some solutions that gave you peace, that gave you perspective, or that gave you some wisdom. Uh, before we go today, I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Everyone Wins Together Productions. Everyone Wins Together is a media production company whose mission is to curate content for the creator and produce experiences in music, media, and live production. Email jason at ewtproductions.com to get started with your podcast, music for your digital content, or development for your music and production teams in your ministry. Or go follow EWT Productions on social media for more information and to keep an update with everything that is going on with EWT. So um, I just want to thank again my guest, Chef Marcus Tate. Thank you so much for coming today. You have blessed us. Uh, and to everyone else, thank you guys for tuning in. We look forward to, to seeing you next week on another episode of Hope Rising, where those who inspire go for inspiration and the fulfillment when you're feeling unfulfilled. We'll see you next week.